Social lights. Welcome back to the Social Studies Podcast, podcast where we study being social by being social. I gotta tell you something though. This guest today, when I met her, I think I shat because I didn't know who was on the show with me that night. And she walked into the room and she looked at me. She goes, I'm Irene. And I was like, oh, bitch, I'm well aware. <laughs> and it was the coolest moment. I think I've been a fan longer than you even know I existed. Welcome to the Social Studies Podcast, Irene Too. Thank you for having me, Joe. Oh, my God. No, I've known you you existed. As I told you, I'm a big fan of Ellen, and I've seen you on her show. And that was a while ago. You want to know something crazy? What? Five years ago. That is a long time ago. I'm like, holy yeah. shit. It's weird to think that that moment was five years ago. And people are like, are you sick of hearing about it? I'm like, bitch, no. Sick of hearing about myself? Are you kidding <laughs> I mean, that was awesome. I like vaguely remembered that. And then I met you. I was like, oh, my God, that's the guy from Ellen. It was. And then you confessed your love for Ellen to me. I love Ellen. Yes. OK. Do, let me tell you what. I don't understand why people give her such a bad rep because it's first of all, I'm pretty sure that Ellen walked so that we could scissor if we're being honest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, am I wrong? You're not wrong. <laughs> right? I don't know. It's just like a gay beacon of hope. I, I love that you're also scissoring in this analogy. I'm a big, I'm a big scissor me timbers type of gay. When did you come out? I came out uh, when I was 19. Oh, okay. Were you still living in Chicago? I was still in Chicago. Um, I was uh, right after, I think, freshman year of college. Oh, okay. So you'd, you'd mm-hmm. left high school. Yes, I was not in high school. Where'd you go to school? What, high school or college? Let's go with both. I used to teach in the suburbs of Chicago, so I wonder if really? it was. Yeah, I did, I did, yeah. I went to Hinsdale Central. Okay. Which you may have heard of. I have. Yes. And then I went to Northwestern for two years, and oh. then I went to UC Berkeley uh, for the other two. Uh, yeah. I do coming at me, with, she's a smart type of woman up in here. Did I get rejected from Stanford twice? Absolutely. But we, we, I mean, we're comics now, so let's be I know. Real. <laughs> Am I still better? Yes, but it's okay. <laughs> For sure. I used to teach in, dun, 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 Schomburg. Oh, there's an improv there. There is an improv, and I refuse to play it. Really? Yeah. Because I you ju- used to work there? Can I, can we talk a little shit? Please. I think Schomburg's where dreams go to die. <laughs> I will say I've never really hung out in Schomburg because we had better balls. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. But the Schomburg Mall's not bad. It's not bad, but it was just so far away. And it was like we had the bougie Oak Brook Mall oh. or the other mall that was a little less bougie that sometimes we'd go to that had the Forever 21. Oh, okay. I'll see where you're at. Schomburg was weird for me because it was just like, okay, no sh- it, no shade. I think it's a great place to turn 40 and raise your family, right? <laughs> but as a teacher, there that school district is so rigid and uptight uh, and they're like they we are the best we need to be the best we need to continue to be the best and they're just so rigid on we teach like this and everyone will teach Mm. like this and there's no outside of the box i'm like no i'm a creative i don't do these rules and in that sense i didn't thrive plus there's a lot of how do we say bibbity bobbity bullshit that i don't need to talk about because i'm pretty sure i can't afford the legal battle Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll Fair just enough. say administration shaking in their boots listening. 
Uh-oh. How was school for you? Like being in high school? You know, people are always like, oh, like you must have hated high school. I was like, it was fine. You know, I never got bullied. Shocking. Because uh, I'm a little bit of a bully. I would say I'm a little bit of a bully. I didn't like bully anybody in high school, but it's hard for me to to make me cry. I think you no. lied just now. I think you did bully someone. <laughs> I did bully someone in middle school mm-hmm. and we've grown since then. I'll give it to you. Yeah, but I did not bully anybody in high school. Were you um, were you just deflecting your like lesbianic tendencies? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. And then the teachers were good to you? Do you have any good experiences from being a school-aged child? I think it was all fine. I I loved school up and through like middle school. And I feel like high school was a little bit stressful because I went to like a kind of high performing high school. Mm -hmm. It was like one of the best public schools. Yeah, you did. Uh, Yeah. And it was a little wee bit stressful for me. Creative person back then? No. Academic person back then. Not dabbling in the arts yet. I started doing a little bit of comedy, like improv sketch, like halfway through high school. But like, just like on the weekends. I don't want to be that person who gets you on a podcast and asks how you got into comedy, but now you got me wondering. As I told you, I loved Ellen. So then I started doing comedy because she was, she started by doing stand up. So I took stand up classes. And then Chicago is such a big improv sketch town. So I started taking improv sketch classes. And, uh, you know, haven't looked back. And then, The thing is, you and I both idolized Ellen, too. We've Mm -hmm. bonded over this. Yes. But I like your comedy because you're way darker. Oh, yeah. People are always like, oh, you should do um, stand-up on the Ellen show. I'm like, first of all, that's not how this works. I don't just, like, call her up and be like, hey, can I do five minutes on your show? That's insane. (laughs) And also, she would never book me on her show because I am much darker than, like, daytime talk show. Oh, oh. But, okay, but here's the thing, too. I particularly... I'm typically not overly drawn to dark, but mm. you, I'm, I'm not going to give away your stuff, but you guys got to listen to Irene's new album. It's called We're Done. It's hilarious. We're done now. Oh, we're done now. You did this bit when we were together in San Jose about... <laughs> which bit is it? I don't remember which bit I did when I was with you. That foods are cuter when they're babies. <laughs> oh, yes, that bit, yeah. <laughs> I was literally just like, She's so right. <laughs> it's so right. You, you, I, I appreciate that. That is my favorite joke. So when a comic says they like that joke, I'm like, oh, okay, we can hang. The thing about it is you just literally dissect to the truth and take the situation that everybody can identify as you are saying the correct opinion. But mm-hmm. you take it to this different level that's just, I don't know, dare we say comedic genius, Irene? Oh, thank you. That's very kind of you. Have you done, you've done late night, right? You haven't done late night? I know. I get this once a week. I'm trying to do late night. So if, if a late night person's listening to this podcast, still available. You're barking up the wrong tree because I'm rejected from late night left and right. Really? Oh, oh, yeah. What do they tell you? Do you get notes back? I've got a few notes back. Um, I did uh, kind of showcase for a booker like last week, but mm. haven't heard back yes or no yet. So that's still open. And then another booker said um, there was too low energy. Too low energy? Yeah. I got that I'm too conversational, which kind of pissed me um, off. They wanted it more jokey? Yeah, like that- more more punchy but here's Mm -hmm. my thing is like 
I'm taking you on a journey and it's punchy along the way, right. which I'm not going to say that I don't love my comedy. Like I'm a little bit different. I know that too, but we are evolving. I think this was genius, but Kat Cohen did like song burlesque things on late night. So how are you going to tell me that conversational comedy isn't for late right. night? Honestly, I feel like it's just up to the one booker. You know, it's like whoever books the show, they're like, it's up to their discretion. And that's kind of crazy where they're like, oh, I don't like this. So it's not airing. One million bajillion percent. And the gatekeeping in this industry (laughs) needs to be dismantled. Yes. I won't have it. I won't have it. We're going to cut back in just a second. We're going to cut to a quick commercial break. Irene, I have questions about your album. We'll be right back. You filmed it in San Francisco. I filmed it at the Punchline to San Francisco, my home club. Home club, not hometown. Don't get a twist. Not hometown. I know. People get confused all the time. How big was the audience there? Full house. Yeah, we packed it out. I think it's like maybe 160, something like that. 160, 180. The sound's incredible, by the way. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I think um, I got lucky because it was full. Uh, I think when it's a little emptier, you can tell it's emptier. Now, leading up to it, Were you shitting your pants or did you shit your pants more after it was done? I was shitting my pants for like three months leading up to it because I hadn't figured out the set list. I knew like what jokes I wanted to do, but the order was like kind of messing me up. Mm -hmm. And I did. I think I changed it up until like the day. No way. Yeah. Like I was in my hotel room before the show. Okay, I think we're going to try it like this. I added like two new tags that I had never done before. That night? (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, I think this will work as a callback or like whatever. I was like, I think it's going to work. So we'll just do it. And worst case scenario, I'll try and cut it out. And then it it ended up working. So it's fine. Your dictator callback. You guys got to listen to it. I'm not going to wait. You do a dictator callback. And when you that was the one I added. Shut the hell up, Irene. Get off my podcast. You're too good. (laughs) Are you serious? You wrote that day of? Yeah, I think so. I think, I, well, I don't know if I wrote it day of, but I think I decided to do it like day of. I, had, I think I'd like maybe thought of it a couple of days prior, but I didn't get a chance to do it until that day. Does this ever happen to you? This happened to me the other day. I'm currently getting ready to record, right? I'm doing it in the winter and I'm constantly, where are we at? We're about like five months out and I'm shitting. Mm-hmm. I'll wake up in the middle of the night with these ideas on like show nights. And then if I don't write them down, I'll forget. So I'll wake up in the middle of the night and write it down and then it'll work. I'm like, why couldn't this shit come to me like during the day when I can work (laughs) on it? Does that ever happen to you? I know. No, that happens to me all the time. I'm like falling asleep. Oh my God, I have a great idea. I got to write this down. And then sometimes I also, I'm so tired. I forget to write it down. I have no idea what I thought of the next day. I'm like, damn it. Same. Do you write mostly on stage or on paper before? I'm right mostly like I'll come up with a premise and then I'll try it on stage. So kind of a mix. Yep. Yep. And how are you comfortable with crowd work? Do you go in when it happens? I'll do a little crowd work. It's not really my forte, I would say, mm. um, but I'll do it if I have to. Dude, we're going to go a little inside baseball for a second. I got to tell you, I don't know what's happening, but my audiences are changing dramatically and i would say the past six shows that i did 25 percent lesbians really yes i don't think it was like that when i opened for you it was not because you opened for me this past summer and i don't i took this break and then i came back and this whole spring tour is like 
beautifully lesbian. And it's That's not wild. Irene, when I tell you that when I did my show in Denver, that I had three tables of lesbian construction workers, oh I am God. not doing a bit. <laughs> I am not doing a bit. I literally looked at them and I was like, this is, uh, yeah, this is a gift from the comedy gods. That's so fun. Wow. I, th- I thought that was just like a thing people made up, like lesbian construction workers. I've never seen one in the wild. Oh, let me tell you what. Kind of cute. Tell me, <laughs> correct me if I'm not using these terms right. Those tables, good healthy mix of butch and femme. The butch ones were very butch. Okay. Where I was like, here's the thing. Pretty sure we could date. <laughs> And then, and then the femmes were like, for me, they were like doing the whole uh-huh. yes queen, well, yes, drinking queen, their white yeah. wine, doing all that. And I was like, this is the most fascinating thing. Now, Irene, do uh-huh. you, what are, okay, when, okay, you're headlining, describe your house. I think it's a lot of people that are um, gay or queer or somewhere on that spectrum. And then there are like a lot of like, young Asian people also who are like, I've never seen an Asian comedian before. And I'm like, there's more than just me. And then just random other people, I think that came to the show because their friend dragged them to the show or something. Like there's, I think there's often people that have no idea who I am. Those are my favorite. Do you, do those scare you or are they your favorite? No, I love that because I'm like, can I win this random stranger over who clearly did not even want to come to this comedy show? We're on the same fucking page, soul sister. Like same, same. Yeah. Yeah, I would love to. I love to win over just like a, a Midwestern, like white dad. Yeah. Yeah. Who's like, yeah, all right. Like, I'm down with this. That's my favorite. Yeah, same. I have a big pull with. So my gay demographic now it's lesbians are the yeah. my biggest. But right after lesbians, it's old gay daddies. That's like my other pull, which I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm here for multiple reasons. One, because you're culturally sassy. And two, you have more <laughs> money. And I'm into that. But uh-huh. do you ever notice that when you're doing it to like a predominantly straight audience, because that happened for whatever reason, and you start picking on the gays, and the gays love it, but the straight people think it's like the funniest thing in the world. And I'm like, this is so easy. You guys don't even know. It's just like they've never heard it before. I will say I got in trouble once when I did a show that was mostly like straight people and then a few like gay people, I think, or there wasn't as many. And then I I used to do this joke where I was like, oh, there are any like gay people here, but it's just like part of a setup to another joke. And then only a few people wooed. And then I got in trouble later because they got mad at me because they thought I was calling them out. They were like, oh, we felt unsafe because uh, there weren't that many of us and there were all these straight people. I'm like, we're in Oakland. <laughs> I'm uh, to say that my blood is boiling right now is an understatement, actually. Yeah, it was wild. Like you came to the club, toots, and also no one made you woo. Like you could just code exactly. switch and 100%, blend in. They're like, they're like, oh, we felt called out. I'm like, just don't say anything. That yeah, <laughs> just shut the <laughs> fuck up if you feel unsafe. Yeah, I was like, I didn't force you to do anything. It's just part of a bit. Oh, that makes me mad. I don't like it. Have you played Seattle yet? I did do a little small black box theater in Seattle when I was prepping for my album. Where? The Jewel Box. Oh, yeah. Cute. Rendezvous. Yeah, for sure. You got to come back. There's this club called the, it's like a bar and they just opened a small comedy club in it. Is it the Crocodile one? Yes, honey. Are you doing it? 
No, but I've heard of people saying that they're, I'm doing Vancouver next month. So I thought House about of comedy? if I should. No, I'm doing like a one off, like a theater. When is it? May, I think 20th. So I actually was thinking of stopping by Seattle, like right before or after. Hold on. Okay. Damn. I'm in New York. I was going to come to your show. Forgive me. Oh, no, you're forgiven. <laughs> I mean, so, so you're gone all of that week. I'm that gone weekend. that entire week. I do. I have my whole New York run right then, which I'm stoked for. Caroline's, which is probably my favorite Ooh, club in the that's country. that's awesome. Yeah. Do you know Lou there? Mm-mm, I actually have not really. I think I did a guest spot once, maybe at Caroline's. Great guy. He knows comedy from watching it happen. Judy Gould told me a story about how Lou was talking to her and was like, there's this guy, he's amazing, he's going to be a star. And then she looked and she's, this guy Lou doesn't even know who he's talking about. This guy appears in sweatpants and he just looks like a bum. It was Adam Sandler. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like wow. talking about like That's comedy on that historical level. <laughs> historical. Someone's going to cancel me. <laughs> I know how you just slightly mentioned your, your, are you taping a special? I am. On something that shall not be named? So I'll tell you one cool thing about it. Okay. I, my whole thing is uniqueness. I want to be different than every other comic. And I'm going to film it in the first school that I ever worked at when I was a teacher. Oh my God. Yeah. That's genius. Which also is this school is like over a hundred years old. So it's perfect. Oh, so it like looks cool and stuff. Looks so cool. Everything. So I'm thinking about only having it be like 40 minutes. Like I don't think I want to. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I'm like, it's my first one. So I'm worried about burning material and then like rewriting new material. So That's if I how do I feel f- right now. Shut yeah. up. Yeah. Is it the scariest thing in the world? Yeah. I'm afraid people are going to come see me live and they're like, we know all of these jokes. And I will be like, I have five to 10 minutes of new stuff. So did you save anything? I put, I think, all the good ones on the album. I have some other stuff I didn't put on the album I could bring back or make better. But no, I don't really save any good ones. So Because that joke you mentioned earlier, that one's pretty new. I, you know. Well, you wrote it the night of. Oh, <laughs> no, not that one. Oh, the, oh, oh. The, the, the one about the, the baby. So I figure if I save 20 minutes, then that's 20 minutes I can still tour with and if I write a new 20, now I have a new 40. 40. Mm-hmm. So I'm like fucking around with it. And I'm very much in the phase where every time I get up, I'm like changing everything to figure out like what's best and what's going to make it work. But I think what I want to do is if I do 40 minutes of material uh, in between like where applause breaks happen, I want there to be a montage of me like walking around the school and being like, oh, this thing happened in this mm-hmm. room. I have mm-hmm. so many crazy ass stories in that building where it's like funny, but it's not the the set. Right. Oh, 100 percent. I was thinking yeah, you would either do. I was thinking you do that at the beginning or the end. But like in, in between is also great. Yeah. Yeah. So. But very much in the pants shitting phase currently. Very much. Worried. I mean, you still plenty of time if you're, it's winter. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm aiming for there's plenty of time. And I'm telling myself that to stay sane. December is what we're looking at. So. Oh, yeah. It's. April. But girl, that is, that's like a comedy, like fraction of a second. It took me so long to write this hour. Yeah. And now it's just going to be over. Shit. One quick more commercial break. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Irene too. In the meantime, go follow her on all of the things. Irene underscore two. That's T-U. Okay. I got to tell you something crazy that I did. 
Okay. So I used to tour with a totally different hour than what I'm using right now. And then when the pandemic happened, I realized that the majority of that hour was no longer relevant. So I went back to working full time. Like, oh my God. Yeah. During like, the pandemic? Yeah. Like just to like experience the world, get that grind. And the hour that I wrote in that nine months, I was like, it just came. And I think when we as comics get too worried about like writing, it becomes harder. And it was almost like I was like taking notes while I was working. And then I would just come back and be like, these jokes are just right. They're just like happening. So you're saying I have to get a full-time, full-time job. job. You have to get a full-time job. And then I'll write my jokes that way. 100%. Your job, uh, write your jokes that way. And it's going to be perfect for you. No, yeah. <laughs> but, but what I'm saying too, is like when I like stopped worrying about it, it like came super, super quick. And I was like, oh shit, this is happening. Also, I want to go drink bleach now. <laughs> not yeah. telling, I'm not telling you to get a full-time job. I'm I was like, not. oh no, that's not happening. <laughs> yeah, that's how I have to do it. Okay, Irene, I have emails from the fans. I picked I some I picked some good ones. But ooh, I'm gonna give Uh-oh. you options. Okay. I'm gonna read you subject lines and then you can decide what you're feeling. Okay? Okay. Let's start here. Would you like to start with substituting fourth grade and making them sob? Or would you like to read Trapped in My Classroom? The one where um, you made them sob. When they so. made them sob. Let's yeah. go. Hi, Joe. Love the podcast. Thanks for doing these. They're hilarious. And I love reading these stories from other teachers. Here's mine. I was a substitute teacher post-college for, she says the name, I'm not going to say it. The emergency certified me because they couldn't keep enough substitutes in the district. I was ready to tackle the job because I had just seen the movie Lean on Me and I was going to lead them all to the light with the youth and my hippie vibe. Oh, shit. <laughs> They gave me a long-term sub-assignment, fourth grade. It seemed innocent. They were insane. Also, Irene, if any of this gets too teachery and you need me to pause and fill you in on what that means, just be like, shut the fuck up, fill me in, okay? Okay. These kids were fucking insane. The only thing they could talk about was Green Day. I had five fourth grade boys bouncing off the wall, screaming the lyrics to American Idiot in girls' faces and wiping the entire class into a frenzy with their Green Day obsession. To counter that, I returned day two with a boombox, CDs, and drumsticks to incorporate music history and free their little minds. Feeling smug, I created a timeline of rhythm and started playing music. Something clicked, and the five-pack leaders formed a mosh pit. It was terrifying. I sent all the kids to an unplanned recess and made the five moshers stay in their seats with the lights off and heads down. I kid you not, all five walked like they were headed to the gas chamber so loudly that teachers came in to see. Oh, by the way, I think I'm dyslexic because I said walked. She said wailed. They wailed. Oh, yeah. I was a little confused as well. Yeah. Let me go back. I was like, are they stomping on the ground? They wailed so loudly. I taught reading. I should be able to read myself probably. I got super I got super nervous and wondered if this was no longer an acceptable punishment. That was until every single one of the concerned teachers high-fived me for doing this. <laughs> Apparently, I broke 
the apple dumpling game. I don't know what that means. What? Apparently, I broke the apple dumpling gang. Oh, maybe the gang is called the apple dumplings? <laughs> no idea. About two years later, I saw one of those kids out in society, and he yelled to his mom that I was his most favorite teacher ever. What? That's her next phrase was, what? W-T. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is interesting to me for multiple reasons. One, she didn't say the year, but the Green Day obsession tells me I that- I know. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> this is very early 2000s energy. Are you a Green Day fan? No. What kind of music do you like? Green Day's fine. I guess that was like a little <laughs> bit popular when I was in middle school or something. No, my favorite band is Third Eye Blind. I'm actually wearing a Third Eye Blind shirt right now, but you can't see it on the screen. Irene, too. Take it back. Third Eye Blind. We love this journey for us. (laughs) I also love Taylor Swift, so I'm very basic. I did know that about you, too. Um, I'm very pop punk heavy, which people don't assume. Very much. Pop punk meaning, like, what bands? So based off of pop punk, can you just throw one out that you think? Avril Lavigne. Oh, Hard fucking core. And also Irene, too. <laughs> Heard yesterday that they're making Skater Boy the movie. What? Who do I have to <laughs> fuck to get in that? Because Wait, I is would. she going to be in the movie? I do know that she is attached to it. She oh, is okay. the spokesperson. It's only in development right now, which being in the industry, we both know means nothing. Yeah, it means um, it may never come out. It might never come out. It's probably never even going to get cast. But 17-year-old me, Irene, full-blown mohawk, shaved wow. on the sides, big. I always thought she was gay. Ivra Levine? Yeah. I think, I'm not going to say she is, but I am going to say that my gay energy connected with whatever she was putting out there. That's that's what I'm saying. It's like, I don't think she's ever said that she's gay, but she she always gave me a gay vibe. She. You know? So you're, what you're saying is she did it for you. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, what I'm saying is I would have been friends with her. Sure. 100% would have been friends with her. This Okay, be honest. Do you like kids? Are you a kids no. person? Not at all? Oh, I relished when uh, when you said that the, the kids were wailing. I was like, oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> Make them wail. This could be the demise of my career, but I have to tell you, there is an overwhelming feeling of the utmost satisfactory when you make the bad kid when you break them. Yeah. When you break them and they're just in tears and you're like, that's fucking right. And then they come back with their tails in between their legs. They're like, I'm sorry. It is very satisfying. I was always the good kid too. So it like makes me feel better when like the bad kids are in trouble. Are you sure? Because let's roll back the tapes to when (laughs) you told me you were the bully. Right. Um, I won't have any of that, Irene, too. There's no Well, I was a closeted lesbian. I bullied one girl, okay? And it was mild. Be honest with me. In (laughs) high school, were you giving very Daria energy? Oh, I guess so. I see this for you. Yeah, I mean, I never really watched Daria, but I've only seen like a little bit because people would be like, Daria? And I'm like, let me uh, figure out what this reference is. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Have that vibe a little bit. Daria also, okay, Daria gives me very Avril Lavigne energy, which makes me now wonder, was she a little bit of a lesbian? Oh, Daria for sure is a lesbian. We know this or we're just like, we have a hard assumption. I'm assuming this. I'm assuming it too. And also, guess what? I'm okay with it. We got time for one more. I'm going to give you an option again. Okay. Is it trapped in my classroom or condom in the classroom? 
I think it's got to be condom in the Done deal. Let's go for it, you sexual little horny devil, you. Hi, Joe. I'm a first-year teacher in second-grade classroom after working the past four years in special education. Oh, amen for this woman. One day I was teaching science and we were completing a worksheet in a packet together on landforms. I am in the front of the room and I noticed something on the wall that looked like a plastic bag. Oh, shit. I looked again and realized that, yes, it was a condom. Yep. Not just a condom in a package, but opened and on the floor with hair wrapped around it. My stomach turned and I had the students begin to work on their own. I grabbed a paper towel, casually picked it up and threw it away. I washed my hands for about 45 billion minutes. I told <laughs> I told coworkers and an administrator and they all just laughed at me. I'm still completely horrified and confused how it got there, but part of me is happy that I don't know where it came from because imagine the phone call home. Hope you enjoyed this story. Love the podcast. Okay, wait, so how old are the students that she's teaching? Because I can't tell from this. Okay, so let me dig into my knowledge of being a past educator and tell you this. She says that she is right now a first-year teacher in second grade, having worked four years in special education. The fact that she's... second grade? No, no, no. So the fact that she's in second grade tells me that she's elementary certified, but she has a special education endorsement. So this could be anywhere between second and eighth grade. Seeing that it's a condom, I'm going to go ahead and say that this is probably somewhere between sixth and eighth grade, but seeing that it was special ed, girl, you never know what's going to happen. This could be fucking (laughs) special ed kindergarten. (laughs) You don't know. You don't know. Oh, no. I also don't, don't think this was a sexual thing. That you know of? Well, in a very non-sexual way, Mm. at about like 12 years old, I was very obsessed with blowing up condoms like balloons and just leaving them around like department stores or things like that. So it was like a gag, if you will. But where did they get the condom from? I don't think I even saw a condom until, I don't know, eighth grade. In like a class? (laughs) Yeah, I think it was like a health class situation. Irene. Irene. I wasn't like running around with condoms. That's why I'm like, how old are these kids? But you know who was? The girl you bullied. Because she <laughs> was a whore. <laughs> it's all good. I don't know. I think that this is, um, I'm good. I, I love this woman. I do. But I'm going to say she's a little dramatic. Because the number one rule of teaching is expect the unexpected. Yeah. Also, there wasn't like stuff in the condom, right? There wasn't stuff in the condom. Yeah. So Except that's not hair. as horrifying. Yeah. Except- now I'm wondering, I'm like, was it a lot of hair? Was it like when you get hair in your food and there's like a strand of hair? <laughs> okay. She just said with hair wrapped around it. Yeah. Was it like one long hair wrapped around it like a little noodle? Or is it like someone yanked someone's like hair out? Like and then cut a lock off? Out? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Is it like a lock of hair or like a strand of hair? Very possible that it could be a lock. I, I every single year that I've ever worked as a teacher, somebody cut their own hair. Makes yeah, I think that is weird if it's like a lock of hair with a condom. It's At that point, weird. it's a ritual. It's not yeah. an accident. No, oh, no. Welcome to the wild world of teaching, Irene. Hope you stay a while. Yeah. <laughs> um. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Where can people consume all of you? And what do you got coming up? 
thanks for having me on the pod. Um, you're the best. You know, I love following you on the socials. So fun. Um, you can follow me at Irene underscore two. That's T-U on Instagram and Twitter. Apparently, we're supposed to be on TikTok. So I made a TikTok. Irene Oh, doesn't comedy. that make you want to drink bleach? Like, I do TikTok only because I have to. I know. I was, I've been bullied into doing it. It's- I've been yelled at. Once a week to be on TikTok, I'm like, fine. I just post the same quotes I do on Instagram because I, I refuse to participate in TikTok culture. <laughs> do it for the people, um, Irene. Do it for the people. Uh, I'm just trying to get fans or something. I don't know. Um, and you can also uh, get my album. Uh, go to my website, irene2.com, for all the details on that. It's on iTunes, Bandcamp, wherever you get albums, and come see me live. Definitely go see Irene live. She is hysterical. I'm so glad that we crossed paths, became friends in real life, and then now she's here. Seriously, the podcast episode is coming to a close. You have three seconds to press pause and go follow her at Irene underscore two. Thank you guys for listening to Social Studies Podcast. Irene, thank you, my friend. Thank you, Joe. We'll see you soon. Bye.